Well, good evening, everyone. It is a privilege to be able to speak tonight. Um, every time Pastor Pete gives me the opportunity, I always look forward to it. And uh, it's kind of like a, you know, preaching once, once every so often, it's like a little free pass to just preach on whatever you're, is on your heart, you know. Um, with the teenagers, we go through series, uh, typically, that we plan out, you know, try to do that months in advance. Uh, so right now, that was no pun intended. Um, but right now, we're in 1 Peter uh, in our Sunday school time. We've been going through the book of 1 Peter verse by verse probably since, oh man, three or four months ago. The teenagers would say too long. And then on Wednesday nights, we're going through a series on relationships. So um, I'm going to talk to you guys about dating tonight and uh, hope you guys are ready for that. So no, um, we're, we're not going to be in any of those series. I was asking God, you know, what, what he would want me to speak on tonight um, because I do count it a privilege and something I take very seriously. And it's amazing how he brings th- different things in your life, different circumstances, and brings certain aspects of scripture to your mind. And um, as I was praying through this week, you know, there were some thoughts that God was working in my heart. Obviously, worship is something that um, because of my role here at church, I enjoy speaking about worship. And as I look back on what I've spoken through um, previously, so we're going to hear a little bit about that tonight. But then also, um, we were involved in a funeral service on Saturday. And um, this was Clarence Drotty's nephew, uh, who was 29 years old and passed away suddenly um, as a motorcycle accident. And um, so this whole auditorium was just packed. And every, I mean, there was not an open space anywhere in the whole auditorium. I thought we were going to have to put chairs in the lobby because they just kept piling in. But as I thought about how many people that potentially were unsaved that were at that event, um, thankfully Pastor Pete was able to share the gospel that day, and people were able to hear uh, the hope that's in Jesus Christ. But um, it was a spirit of mourning and just a very um, intense atmosphere of mourning amongst that community. And um, it made me think about the presence of God being so real to us in the good times and the bad times. You know, people are looking for, in their darkest moments, they're searching for the light. They're searching for that hope, for that something that's going to carry them on to the next, uh, the next day, really. And the presence of God is really what they're searching for. And so this idea of practicing the presence of God is what we're going to study tonight. Um, We're going to start in Psalm chapter 139. So if you don't mind, uh, we're going to be all over tonight. So get ready to turn to a lot of different passages. Uh, But Psalm 139 is where we're going to start tonight. This is probably one of the more uh, popular passages when you think about the presence of God and understanding um, where God is and understanding um, how, how far he reaches. And so let's just start reading in Psalm chapter 139 and verse number one. The psalmist says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. That's either a very comforting thing or kind of a scary thing at times. Verse two, thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. And then he exclaims this. After explaining all that truth to us, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. 
It is high. I cannot attain to it. Praising God for his presence. But let's keep going. He says, whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I send up into heaven, <laughs> of course, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning, right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. And so as we study and look at this passage, it kind of sets the foundation for what we know about God's presence. Um, we know that there is nowhere that we can run um, that God is not there. We know there's no situation that we can go through, no high or no low, no peak or no valley that we can go through in any time of our life that the presence of God will not be there. And even as we think about God's presence, um, we understand that even to the unsaved person, God exists, right? We know him more intimately, and his presence, as we're going to study, is even more precious to the, to the believer. But God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. There's a quote that I came, uh, came across this week as I was studying that we can put on the screen now. It says this, If we understand God's presence correctly, it's something we'll enjoy, we'll pursue, and anticipate. To the believer that's living a lifestyle that they want, they're, they're not ashamed of. This is a beautiful quote to think of. If we understand God's presence correctly, it's something we'll enjoy, pursue, and anticipate. So tonight, my goal is to walk through, um, enjoy, pursue, and anticipate to talk about practicing God's presence in our lives. Um, so let's bow in prayer as we ask for God's blessing tonight. Heavenly Father, um, it is a privilege to be able to study your word, God, to be able to hold it in our hands tonight, um, to be able to learn from you. God, thank you so much for your, your word that you've given us. You don't leave us in the dark. Um, you've given us a, a manual to be able to live our life, um, to know how to react to the hard times. God, to know how, who to celebrate in the, the good times. And God, to know how to react to others around us. And so tonight, as we consider um, this idea of your presence and living our lives, practicing the presence of God. Lord, I pray that you'd work in our hearts. Um, may this be practical. Um, may it be something that we can take away from tonight and, and be thankful that we were in church, that we were able to learn from your word. God, may your Holy Spirit have free reign in this, in this room um, this evening to uh, stir in hearts. Uh, may we have open hearts and open ears to your word. In your name we pray, amen. Psalm 16, verse 11 says this, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Let's try that one more, one more time. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. As we think about practicing God's presence, the first thing I want us to, to focus on tonight is enjoy God's promised presence in our lives enjoying the promise of God's presence in our lives. We know that we just mentioned in the introduction that God is present everywhere. Um, this attribute of God is his omnipresence. Even those who do not call themselves Christians can see this through creation. You look up in the sky and you see the stars. You wonder, how did that get here? Well, there it speaks of a creator. Um, you go to out west and see the mountains and you see the beauty of the ocean here in Florida and you see all these different things. And we're drawn to the fact that there is a creator. 
So we know that he is present everywhere. However, for us tonight in this room, in his people, God is always present through another form in our lives. And we know that as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the indwelling presence of God that is given to us as believers at the moment of salvation. He stays with us throughout our entire life. The Bible says that we can quench the Holy Spirit. We can say no to the Holy Spirit's leading our lives. But that doesn't mean that he is not present in a believer's life. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's turn there tonight. Ephesians chapter 2. If you'll turn there, please. Verse 18. And we're going to read a little bit about what the Holy Spirit and who he is in our lives as believers. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 says this. For through him, which is Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. I love that. We're a family, the household of God, and are built upon the foundation in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple unto the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, as we go back and look at the Old Testament times, we know that God's presence was demonstrated through several visible forms. Uh, To the Israelites, he gave them a visible form of the pillar of cloud that would lead them throughout the day and the pillar of fire that would lead them throughout the night. And this was the visible presence to a, a doubting people, a people who struggled with wondering why they were in the wilderness, why they were doing this, why they had left Egypt, God gave them a visible presence. And then he also gave them a dwelling place where they would go, and this dwelling place was the tabernacle, which even developed into the temple, which was a place where people um, associated the presence of God. You would walk into the tabernacle, you would walk into the temple, and know that that was where the presence of God dwelt. But now, in the New Testament economy, in Ephesians chapter 2, under the new covenant that Jesus had, had died and buried, rose again, then we understand now that we have the Holy Spirit that indwells us. So this is the presence of God that is promised for every believer that lives on the face of this earth. The scripture helps us understand how through the Holy Spirit, God also will not just is not just present everywhere, but sometimes he localizes his presence in our lives. Here's a couple passages that we'll look at. First of all, God has promised to be present when we sing his praises. Ephesians chapter 5, you can just jot this down. I'll kind of rattle these off. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, says that God has promised to be present when we sing his praises. Here's what it says. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves, now that you are filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to your heart, in your heart, to the Lord. So we know that as we sing together, as we worship God through song, through through instruments, through music, that God has promised that His Spirit is with us. So God has localized in that in that setting that He will be with us. Also, God reveals His presence when His Word is preached. Hebrews 4, um, in verse number 12, says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If you go to Parkway for any length of time, you realize that the word of God is what we value here. The word of God is what is, we we don't focus so much on the music and the worship. That's a part of our worship. 
but preaching of the word of God is what changes lives. And so we're always going to have that as a, as a standard here. And we're told in this passage why that is important, because God's word is alive. God's word is powerful. And anytime God's word is open and is preached, we know that God is there. His presence is with us. But then also, I love this. Uh, thirdly, God has promised to be present in our fellowship, in our meeting together. Matthew 18, verse 20 is a familiar passage that says, where two or three are gathered, it says, there am I in the midst. We have more than two or three tonight. And so we're assured that if we're gathering under the, the uh, idea of worshiping God, that he is here with us. He is here. And so when we meet as believers in one place, we are assured that God is present. Now, there's something special about believers meeting uh, to worship God. Um, even this morning service, you know, when I walked away from this morning service, um, for those of you who are here, there was just every service. I love every service here at Parkway. Sometimes they're better than others, you know. But this morning was a service that, man, just gripped my heart. And through the preaching, uh, I believe God used the music and everything, even Ms. Sharon's offertory that was planned before, um, not even knowing what Pastor Pete was speaking on, but people need the Lord was played. And just seeing how God orchestrated, you just, just felt that, man, I was just excited to be at church today. It's just a, it's a good experience. And so... It brings me to this question, though, talking about God's presence, because there's some, there's some worship music that's being produced today, and there's some um, faulty ideas that are being preached about um, ushering in the presence of God. And so here's the question that I want to ask tonight. If God is present everywhere, why are we more aware of his presence at certain times? If God is present everywhere, as we've studied, why are we more aware of his presence at certain times? Why are there services or things that stick out to us and we're like, man, I just felt like God was with us in that moment. You know, maybe you've experienced um, a sudden wave of peace crash over you um, at a certain part of your day after a, a struggle that you were going through. Maybe you've been listening to a worship song and suddenly just got a lump in your throat and a tear welled in your eye. This is God working in my life and God alone. So in these moments, let's ask ourselves, has, has God's presence come down on us? Um, has his presence changed in our lives? Has he poured more of it onto us? You know, what is, what is this idea um, of his presence? And, and, and personally, I believe that through God's word that his presence has not changed. God is always present. God is omnipresent, as we mentioned. But what I think changes is our awareness of his presence. There's a song that's being sung now. It says, um, make us more aware of your presence, is one of the lyrics to this song. D.A. Carson, a theologian, observes this. He says, we often feel encouraged and edified as we engage in corporate worship activities. The result is that we are renewed in our awareness of God's love and of God's truth, and we are encouraged to respond with adoration and action. Objectively, what brings us into the presence of God is the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. So we understand this truth that God's presence is always with us as believers. But sometimes the, um, the proclamation of his truth or the singing of his praises just reminds us of who he already is in our lives. And so I don't believe that he gives us more of himself. It just helps us become more aware of who he is. At Parkway... I want to challenge us that we must never think that our worship activities 
bring God's presence near. For then, we can make an idol of worship itself. Anything that we are doing, we feel like, man, we really hit a home run this morning. God's presence was here. Well, then worship is an idol that we've created and a prideful idol. So may we never think that. May we always focus on the truth of the message of the song, of the offertory, of whatever it is, and leading us into who God is and seeing a clear picture of himself. However, when we come to a service yielded to God with an open heart, we will see God do amazing things in our life. I think there's something to be said about preparing our hearts for a service, uh, preparing our hearts before we come to worship, before we come to um, even a, a time of quiet time, to ask God, God, will you clear my mind of distractions? God, will you allow me to be more aware of your presence, to be able to hone in on your truth? And as we come into services, we've all been there. I've been to service before where I had something happen right before the service, or there was something that was just hanging on my mind throughout the week, and I was distracted through the service. Has anybody ever had that happen to them too? Okay, uh, Mr. Brother Roy's got two hands in the air over there. You know, there are times where that happens. And I believe that some people this morning, in the amazing service that we have, were probably completely distracted and may not have gotten everything that they could have got because of something that they were choosing to focus on or something that wasn't um, cleared out of their mind. And so the worship service was minimal in its impact in their lives. In youth group, um, an example that I've seen is the uh, teenager that, draws us to, that chooses to draw on his paper during the sermon rather than take notes on the sermon. If he does that consistently, he's not going to experience the presence of God in a more um, intimate way. So church member attender, come to worship service with an eagerness to enjoy God's presence and see what he will do in your life. Let's move on to the next one. The next point I want to study tonight is this. Not only enjoy, but pursue God's active presence. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be reading several verses through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But this idea of God's active presence and us having to pursue that, um, we're going to uncover what that means here in a second. The Holy Spirit, as we mentioned before, is an is a crucial part of this process that we're going to see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Talk about experiencing the presence of God. This is another level um, that we see in 1 Corinthians 12. Wayne Grudem states this. He says that one of the Holy Spirit's primary purposes in the new covenant age is to manifest or show the presence of God, to give indications that make the presence of God known. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit reveals God's presence in our life is spiritual gifts. The, the idea of having a spiritual gift that we've been given. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 7. It says this, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of, of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Why? To profit with all. So as believers, we have been given something incredibly important. I was reminded of a story um, recently of someone who was rushing out to rushing to get their Christmas cards out. All right, have any of you like ever forgot to send Christmas cards? Like you had them printed? Okay, I'm not the only one. There was a year where Abby and I um, made Christmas cards. We got pictures done professionally. 
Um, it wasn't anybody in this room. That's not why I did this, okay? Um, I know there's some photographers that go here. So um, we got our pictures done. We sent them off to the website, got them printed, and they ended up staying in our drawer for the entire year, okay? They never got out. But I heard a story one time of a lady who uh, was rushing to send out her cards, and she just bought them, bought a big bundle of them, like 50 of them, and then put them in the envelope, just kind of signed them, and then sent them out. Well, to her horror, she later found out that the message inside of the card that she did not read said something about a gift will be in the mail to you shortly, okay? <laughs> so that was a pretty uh, scary moment for her, and she had to go and backtrack uh, those words, receiving gifts. And the gift that each of us has received at salvation is a gift by the Holy Spirit that we've been given. And everyone has been given a spiritual gift. We, and when you trusted Christ, God gave you an ability through the Holy Spirit to serve him in a special way. This gift allows you to fulfill an important role in the local church. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4. This is a very important passage to, to study when we look at spiritual gifts. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. As you're turning there, another quote about spiritual gifts is from Bob Coughlin as well. He says, We honor the Son and bring glory to the Father by allowing the Spirit to work powerfully through us. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So according to this verse, what are the purpose of spiritual gifts? Why has God given us a spiritual gift? It says that we are to minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Church member, attender, please understand this. If you're a believer in Christ, you are a vital part of God's work. You are a vital part of God's church and moving forward in this community. And you've been given a gift that is able to help edify. We're going to chapter 18. We need to go back to the source. 2 Corinthians, excuse me, chapter 12 and verse number 18. We pick up again, reading a little bit more about spiritual gifts. It says this in verse 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now there are many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Nay, much more many, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. So as we study scripture, we realize that we all have different gifts that we've been given. Some of us may have a gift of mercy. Some of us may have a gift of compassion. That is not my gift. Let me just announce that today. Okay, talk to my wife. Um, there's some of us that may have gifts for administration, some gifts of teaching. Um, we're going to see those here on the screen, the different spiritual gifts that we see throughout scripture. Now, obviously, there's some sign gifts that were mentioned, and we believe here at Parkway that those gifts have passed away. Um, that those gifts are not uh, being used now because we have the completed word of God. But these are the spiritual gifts that God has given and the Holy Spirit will bestow on believers. Each week at Parkway, 
we have over 50 volunteers serving over different ministries across this church. Um, we have first impressions. We have nursery, media, music, ushering, security, parking, children's ministry, adult connection classes, coffee and donuts, and the list goes on. I may have missed a couple of them. But we literally could not exist as a church if God's people did not use their gifts for his glory and the edification of the believers. We couldn't do it. And so to those of you who are serving, thank you. Thank you for using your gifts. Thank you for being willing to serve and to use what God has given you for his glory. Church member, let me ask you this. How are you using your spiritual gift to bring glory to God and edify the believers? How are you using that gift? Well, let me back up. Um, do we know our gifts? That's, that's a question we have to ask. So here's what I want to do. I want to take a little test tonight, all right? Everybody has an update card in front of you or maybe underneath the seat. I want everybody to get an update card and a pen and put it in their hand, all right? So please humor me with this. We're going to do a little, little homework here. So we're going to do an exercise. On the screen, you're going to see some of the spiritual gifts that we've listed. Now, some of you may have before taken a spiritual gift test. Uh, maybe you've been through Discover Parkway, and you look at that, and you're like, I know exactly which one is mine. Others, you may be looking at the screen, and you're like, I'm not really sure um, what, which one I would be, which gift God has given me. Here's what I just want to do. If you know which gift you believe God has given you, write that on that card. Just put it on paper so you can see it. This is what I believe God has given me the gift of this. Um, maybe you're a teacher. You're good with um, proclaiming the truth of God's word. You're a server. You're, a, you're someone who, has, um, who is willing to do the things maybe behind the scenes. We could go through the list. A giver, administrator, the gift of compassion. I've already laid out my dirty laundry with that one. Exhorter and perceiver. Maybe you're an encourager. That's that, that word exhorter. So whichever one you believe God has, has gifted you with, write that on the card. Now, maybe there's a secondary one. Maybe you're like, Scott, those are all mine. Like, I got that list down, okay? You need to not put humility on that list, okay? That's, that one's not on there. But maybe you even have a secondary one that you can look at. Now, there may be some of you, and this is okay, but there may be some of you who are looking at the screen, and you're like, well, first of all, you didn't explain them very well. Um, but secondly, I'm not really sure which one is mine. And let me encourage you to do this. Maybe you want to write on that card and say, I would like some help in discerning what my spiritual gift is. There's tests that are out there. There's tests that we at the church, there's a test that Pastor Pete has used and is using in Discover Parkway that ask you some questions um, about yourself. I hate those tests. They're like really hard um, to you know, answer stuff about yourself sometimes, but it still is a good test. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry about your test. But um, we, can, we have the tools. We'd love to help you discover this gift. And why is this important? Because this is how God is going to use you in a local church and even in your family, in your homes, to take your love to do that. At the end of the service tonight, um, we have tables set up in the lobby with some baskets. And I want to ask you just to put those um, cards in that basket. And we'd love to be able to help you with these spiritual gifts. So here's the next step. Knowing this, knowing and using your spiritual gift is not a prideful thing. You know, sometimes we think of gifts as like, yeah, I'm a perceiver, or I'm a, I'm a compassionate. Um, those compassionate people, I can't stand them. 
Um, but I'm compassionate. And maybe you're like, oh, well, that's just a prideful thing. If you're, No, the reason we have gifts is not for us in the first place. We saw that in 1 Peter chapter 4. We understand that the source of our gift is not ourselves, so that keeps us humble, right? The gift is given by the Holy Spirit. We understand that the purpose of our gift is also not for ourselves, so that keeps us focused on others. So knowing our gift, this is not about me. This is about God, and this is about helping God's people. And so I believe that when we understand and we are serving within our gifting, we're, we're serving along others in our gifting, that God's presence is even seen in a more clearer way in our lives. And we can see that as we pursue God's active presence, as we're doing the things that he's asked us to do, that sometimes his presence just even feels more centralized or localized in our own lives. So let's move on to the third one. We need to be done. The last one is this, anticipate God's unveiled presence. Anticipate God's unveiled presence. Now, there's a lot of anticipation going on right now in the Smith home. Um, we are excited. We are excited about what's going to happen in a few months. Um, we're, we're thankful for the gift um, that God has given of a newborn. And, but we're thinking, we're anticipating, what is he going to look like? I hope he looks like his mom. We're going to think about this. What, you know, what's his first outfit going to be? Obviously something Georgia Tech. We've already settled that down. Um, will he say mom or dad first? What's, what, we're thinking through all these different questions. Um, and even because we're anticipating that day, it's affecting some of our decisions right now. Um, Abby's reading books that I never thought would be in our house before. Um, I need to start reading some books. Um, we're preparing the nursery. Um, probably should start that soon too. Um, we're having conversations with others about parenting. And they're like, good luck. All right, you learn as you go. But we're doing things because we're anticipating a very, very, very special day that's coming up. And Lord willing, that'll be at the beginning of May. But this is an anticipation that I've never experienced before. Um, it's something that I know is a gift from God, and we're very gracious, and we're very thankful for that. But because of this stage of life, it's making me more aware of another thing that I'm going to be anticipating, that I should be anticipating every day. And that is being in the presence of God one day in heaven. And being in, as we worship now in, our, in, the, in the forms that are imperfect um, as we come to services and we have things that may, may go not the way that we planned it or maybe uh, somebody sings the wrong note or maybe the music's too soft or too loud or somebody doesn't flip a lyric on a slide. You know, that happens every once in a while. Um, but we have things that, that, you know, destination is worshiping God forever and ever in the presence of Almighty God. And that's what we look forward to as believers. I believe the more we anticipate our final destination the more we will want to look and act like heavenly worshipers now. The more we look forward to what is that going to look like when we're in heaven worshiping Christ, the more it will cause our worship now to be as pure as we can make it, to be as purposeful, to be directed towards God. And so as we anticipate God, God's unveiled presence, this is something that should make um, our services and our lifestyles even more, um, even more purposeful. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 21, please, as we close tonight. Revelation 21, we obviously are at the end of the book, and we're seeing the end of, um, of where we are going to end up. This is the ultimate anticipation. 
And as believers, we look forward to this day in Revelation 21, verse number 3. It says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. This is the ultimate form of dwelling in God's presence. Amen? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Can I get an amen to that? For the former things are passed away. I want to close with this quote. In this life, our experience of God's presence is limited by what God shows us and what we can perceive. We sometimes recognize that God is near, but normally we don't experience it in a pronounced way. In heaven, things will be different. God's complete and immediate presence will be everywhere, and we will cherish it like never before. And so as we go throughout this week, we know that God is with us, Emmanuel. We know the truths of Psalm 139. But how will we practice God's presence this week? I pray that we will enjoy it. We'll enjoy the journey, enjoying that there's joy in serving Jesus, as the song says, that in God's presence there is fullness of joy forevermore. Even something that the world doesn't, doesn't understand, how can you be joyful in a trial? How can you be joyful through loss? How can you be joyful through pain? But we have the answer. It's God's presence. We also look forward to pursuing God's active presence by using our gifts, knowing our gifts, determining what they are, developing those, and then using them for God's glory. And then ultimately we anticipate the day where we will be in God's presence and it will be completely pure. We won't have the sin in this world. We won't have the mistakes that we as humans made make and we'll be looking forward to the presence of God. So this week, let's practice his presence, church, and let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, this evening, God, we are thankful that we can open up your word and that we can study from different passages of scripture um, how you manifest yourself in our lives. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for his work in empowering us um, throughout every day uh, to give us the tools to defeat sin, um, to be that still small voice that helps us to make decisions. Um, God, this week we pursue your presence in our lives. And God, I pray that this week that you would even give us an anticipation like we've never had before of what that day will be when we see you face to face. God, may we be heavenly minded. May we be purposeful in the way that we interact with people. And God, may people know that we are dwelling in the presence of God, and that may even ooze out of us this week. We thank you for what you're going to do. In your name we pray. Amen.